If you have your Bibles with you this morning, I would urge you to turn with me to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. There are verses that you readily know, but uh, we want to look at them this morning. First Thessalonians chapter 5, well I can tell you, but I'm going to start by telling you a story, but we'll read the scripture first of all anyway. First Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 16. Totally discombobulated here. All right, the verses say, be thankful always, be joyful always rather, thanks Amanda, Pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Be joyful always and pray continually. Why bother with this business of prayer? I want to tell you a story about what happened to me a little earlier this week. And and guys, I I need some sympathy here. Uh, So please listen carefully and be prepared to go, ah, shucks, uh, because you've all been guilty of this. So earlier this week, um, Kathy and I went to this, this retreat, and, and I think it was either Wednesday evening or Thursday. I'm, I'm upstairs in our house playing with my computer and my flight simulator stuff, and I get a phone call, and it's Kelly Jurgens or Kelly Clausen, and many of you know Kelly. I uh, just got married this fall. And Kelly says, hi, Pastor Bill. I have some theological questions for you. Here's where I start to salivate and hyperventilate and whoo, theological questions. Wow, this is cool. Nobody ever asked me that kind of stuff. People want to know, like, why does the bathroom stink? And, and you know, like, like uh, how do I use the photocopier? And somebody says, I want to ask you some theological questions. I mean, Kelly was doing her, she's at Briarcrest finishing up there and, and doing her, her oral exams, and, and she needed some information for Friday. And so, you know, we talked, and, and I excitedly gave her, you know, the, the, my great wisdom and all the rest of this stuff, and... And uh, so then I go chugging downstairs, and Kathy, I just had this phone call from Kelly, and she asked me questions about theology. Isn't that exciting? Kathy says, yeah, and how are they doing? Ah. <laughs> uh. <laughs> uh, like, I don't know. Like, Guys, you understand that, don't you? You know, somebody asks you questions about a car or, 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 you know, something that you're good at, guns or whatever, you know, how are they doing? Like, wasn't even on my radar. I mean, like, so Kelly phoned back yesterday <laughs> and, and says, Pastor, I said, Kelly, let me know how you make out, because I'm, I'm curious, you know, like after enduing uh, you with all this wisdom, like I want to know what happened. So, so she phoned me back yesterday, and Pastor Bill, she said, nobody asked me any of the questions I asked you. Oh, shucks. But she says, I passed anyway. So I said, well, that's good, but I said, Kathy gave me static because um, I didn't ask how you were. So how are you doing? <laughs> you know, it's, I mean... And Kelly got married, when was that, October something? October 6th. October 6th. It was a cold day, I remember that. 
And, and she said, you know, I said, how are you doing? Well, and she, you know, gave some general, general um, you know, where things are going good. And she said, Ramsey and I are still working on communicating. I thought, cool. And, and we chatted for a bit, and I went up, and I went back downstairs. Kathy, Kelly called back, and this time I did ask her how they're doing. And so... Uh, I said, they're still working on communicating. And Kathy says, well, did you tell her that after 40 years, we're still working on it too? <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> but, <laughs> thanks, Rob. And Kathy and I, after 40 years, are still working on communicating. Now, when it comes to this matter of prayer, it's kind of like communication between my wife and me. I know some stuff, but I'm not there yet. I'm still working on it. And so if I'm going to talk to you about prayer, I'm going to come at it from a perspective of a fellow traveler and a fellow struggler. When we were at this pastor's and wives retreat this past week at Dallas Valley Ranch, there were a number of pastors there, and, and we had, or basically all pastors there, and we had a session where the, where the ladies got off together and shared. It took them way longer than it took us, but anyway. One of the things, when we got together as guys, the pastor who was leading the session said, let's, let's, guys, let's, let's quit hiding behind our ministries and behind our churches and share some stuff what's going on. And one of the guys says, my prayer life sucks. I mean, this is a pastor. You know, and, and, and you know, we can get so busy doing stuff that we don't take time to work on something that is so essential and that we just assume that that is going to happen. In fact, you know, a lot of times when couples get married, they just assume they're going to communicate. And one of the realities is when I deal with couples, either ones who are getting married or ones who are married and have some issues, the, the, the two big things that always come up that every couple struggles with is communication and conflict resolution. I can basically guarantee that those are the things that are going to going to get flag communication and they're they're closely tied together if you can't communicate you can't resolve conflict and in the same way that as as married couples we need to keep working at this or any human relationship uh, we also need to keep working at this business of prayer why let me give you uh, three quick reasons and, and i'm not going to expand these all that much well some to a certain extent but but one of the reasons we need to keep working at this relation or at this business of prayer is because it builds our relationship with our Heavenly Father in the same way that communication enhances a relationship in human terms. It also enhances a relationship in, in physical or in spiritual terms. Now, you know, it's ironic because in, in Matthew chapter 6, the passage that Dave read for us earlier, we see this verse where, or Jesus said, when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not like them. Your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. Well, if God knows what I need, why do I need to tell Him? Like, it doesn't make sense, does it? 
You mean if God is all-knowing, and, and, you know, the, the $5 word for that is omniscient, which means he knows absolutely everything. If God knows everything and knows what I need before I even ask, why do I need to bother asking? Uh, the passage we just read here, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, pray continually. Why do I need to do that if God knows what I need? Uh, Luke chapter 16, the verse that, or 18 rather, the verse that Catherine read earlier. Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. And the story Jesus told is about this woman who kept pestering this judge. And, and finally she got what she wanted. And the judge said, because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually wear me out with her coming. Like, is Jesus telling us that, you know, like we have to keep pestering God because, you know, when, so he'll get sick and tired of us so he'll finally give us what we want like a whiny kid in a grocery store? I don't think so. Why do we need to pray if God knows all this? Because there is a need for communication. Communication in a marriage is a two-way street. Most of you know this, I think. It's a two-way street. It's not, about, it's not all about me. Communication in marriage is a deliberate, conscious, consistent effort that takes more than a commercial break in a hockey game, guys. Stunned silence here. Now, ladies, today is the Super Bowl. If you want to communicate, pick your time. Okay, communicating is painful at times. I think most guys would rather peel the hair off their legs with duct tape than, than to have their wives say, we need to talk. Right? Amen. Yeah, oh yeah, I got a few there. And there's a biblical principle here in James chapter 1, verse 19. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. And if we really use that principle, how much easier and simpler life would be, especially in a marriage. So, if communicating in a marriage is a two-way two street, if it takes deliberate, conscious, and consistent effort, if it's painful at times, if we are to listen more than we speak, what if we took those same principles and applied them to prayer? So is prayer communication, or is it just a matter of doing our duty and getting out of there? Or is prayer more like hanging out with one of your buddies. And I think there's a time to sit down and work at communication, but there's also the time to just visit. And I don't know about you, but sometimes some of my best praying I do with my eyes wide open, and I talk to God out loud. Now, it's going to seem really funny because you might see me riding my motorcycle and my lips are flapping or you'll see me walking through town and my lips are, I'm having this conversation with God. My eyes are wide open. When I used to drive truck, it was, oh, Lord. <laughs> no, no. So 
So the question you need to ask yourself, is prayer like a spare tire for me that I only think about when I need it? Is it like dry cereal? You know, it's tough and chewy and I need to get through it. Is it like doing the dishes, which you hate doing? Or is prayer like doing something enjoyable together, like going fishing? You know, the ladies come here and quilt. Uh, There's not a whole lot of silence when they're quilting. There's pretty steady talking. You know, is prayer more like that? With sitting together with God and having this conversation? You see, prayer enhances communication. Prayer builds our relationship with our Heavenly Father. That's why He wants us to pray. Not because he needs a shopping list because he can't figure out what we want. Like, we're grandparents right now. We have a daughter, granddaughter, who has a birthday today when, you know, if we're going to buy her a birthday present, we need to figure out what she wants. And so we have to ask her and ask to ask her, her mom and dad, what does this girl want for her birthday? God knows all that already. Prayer also helps us clarify our thinking. It, not only, it only, not only builds us our relationship, but it helps us clarify our thinking. When you're faced with the difficult situations, just getting it out there sometimes helps us see the issue and make a decision. There are times that people come to me and say, Pastor Bill, can I talk to you? I need some advice. Oh, good, they need my wisdom. And so people will come down, and they will sit down with me, and they will explain their situation. And then they'll ask me, what do you think I should do? And I said, you already know that. You see, just getting it out there and talking about that, they've already figured it out. They don't need my wisdom. They just need me to sit there and and look interested and be intelligent. Or look intelligent. I don't have to be intelligent. But sometimes just getting it out there They've already explained it, and they already know what to do, and I wind up looking really good. And sometimes in our, in our marriage, our, my relationship with Kathy, sometimes just getting the issue out there and talking about it helps us give, cut through the fog of confusion. I went to visit Pastor Dan Dugan on Wednesday on the way back from, from Regina in Wadena, and I was kind of apprehensive because how do you how do you deal with the man he's sitting there in his wheelchair and and his right side is completely paralyzed and he has to pick up this hand in order to move it and and you know it it was we had a really good visit but there were times because of the stroke he said he could form the words in his head but he couldn't get him out. And it was terribly frustrating for him. And we'd be talking about something, and Dan would say, well, how does this... No, that's not it. What if... Just a minute. How does... No, that's not it. And, and it was so frustrating for him because he couldn't find the words to, to verbalize it. And I, I think sometimes when you have the thoughts in your head, but just saying the words helps you think through this thing, helps you communicate, but it helps you clarify your own thinking as well. And I think that's part of the struggle for Dan, part of the frustration 
And I said to him, boy, for someone who has, you know, whose tools have been words all his life, this has to be really frustrating. And, and Dan, yeah, it is. Prayer helps us clarify our thinking. And the spiritual reality is, from James, if any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to him. But when he asks, he must believe and not doubt. God gives us wisdom, but he also expects us to use the wisdom that, God, that he has given us. It doesn't mean everything will work out. And sometimes God gives you and me enough wisdom to get us into trouble so that we can learn what we need to learn. And prayer is more than a chore. It becomes an opportunity, an opportunity where we clarify our thinking, where we try and discern what God's wisdom is. And the third reason we need to work at this business of prayer is because it gets the focus off ourselves. The typical prayer list that I hear often is it's like a Christmas wish list. The focus tends to be on self, on my aches and pains, my problems, my hurts, my burdens, my little world. And that's not necessarily wrong. And, and when I'm hurt and, and when I can't sleep and, and when, you know, when, when I'm in a lot of pain, my, my world tends to get very small. And that's okay because the Bible says that in 1 Peter 5, 7 that we can cast all our anxieties on him because he cares for us. In Isaiah chapter 41, God says, So do not fear, I am with you. Do not be dismayed for I am your God. I will strengthen you and I will help you. This is the sovereign of the universe. And yes, he's talking to Israel, but he's also talking to us as individuals. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. But prayer gets the focus off ourselves in that list that we were given here this morning. And I challenge you to take this home and to do something with it. Now, you can leave it on your chair. You can use it for fire starter, for those of you that still do that kind of stuff. You can run it through the shredder. There's two of them here in the church. You can leave it in your vehicle. But I challenge you to do something with this and to get the focus off yourselves. Monday, pray for the pastor or the pastors who shepherd your church. And when you pray for me, I'm going to ask you, I'm going to give you a prayer request here in just a little bit. Tuesday, pray for the next generation of our churches, the children, the youth, and the young disciples who are growing into maturity. Um, Wednesday, is there's, there's strength in corporate prayer. We have a prayer meeting here on Tuesdays at noon, by the way. Thursdays, pray for the broken, the poor, the hurting, uh, the persecuted, the refugees, the ones in life who find themselves under the pile and not on top. Uh, pray for your neighbor congregations, others in your community that are serving Christ faithfully. We are one body, not many. See, prayer gets the focus off ourselves. And so take this home and do something with it. See, my world is bigger than my little world. And here are some things that you can pray. Now, we pray oftentimes about ourselves, about the little things, and that's true. 
and it's good, and we need to do that. But here are some prayers for the Bible, and if you would pray for me, pray these prayers, please. Pray these prayers for the person who is sitting next to you, the person who is sitting in front of you, the person who is sitting around you. Pray these prayers for our fellow Christians in town. Ephesians chapter 3, verses 16 through 19. This is Paul's prayer. Paul prays, I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Oh, that that would be true in my life. Philippians chapter 1 and verse 9, and this is my prayer that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless until the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Colossians chapter 1, Verse 9, for this reason, uh, since the day we've heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you and asking God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all spiritual wisdom and understanding. And we pray this in order that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and may please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might so that you may have great endurance and patience and joyfully giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in the kingdom of light. My wrist hurts. I'm having a hard time playing my mandolin. <laughs> Not a major issue compared to what I just read, is it? Our purpose statement as a church is to influence people to maturity in Jesus Christ. And in order to do that, we strive to connect, to grow, and to serve. Prayer is what connects us to God and to each other. Prayer is what enables us to grow and enables others to grow as we pray for them. And prayer enables us to serve. Melita is heading for Zimbabwe. You see, we can't be there she will be, and it is our prayers that will uphold and support her in the ministry at Karanda. It is our prayers that will uphold the people of Emmanuel Baptist Church, the rest of this family. It is our prayers that will uphold our prime minister. We serve God by praying for people, and so I challenge you, take this home. Don't just do, don't just ignore it, don't just put it aside but do something with it and engage in this ministry of prayer. It doesn't mean you need to sit on your knees, but it does mean that you need to consciously engage in a conversation with God to communicate with Him, to clarify the issues on, in your mind and to get your focus off yourselves and get it on other people. Let's pray together.
Father, we confess that we get tangled up, involved, tied up, absorbed by our lives. And thank you for caring about our lives and the details. But Lord, it's not just about us. And it's not just about our situation. It's about all of eternity. And so Lord, we pray that you would grant us wisdom and insight. Help us, Lord, to grow in our relationship with you, with each other, to connect, to serve to do the work that you ask us to do. Thank you for allowing us to be here this morning. Father, guide and guard our steps as we leave this place. Now may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all. Amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.